Brethren, tonight I would like to thank the Lord for giving us His Word. This is a, a resource that, um, well, we could live our whole life and never barely scratch the surface. This is a living Word. It's alive. It does something when you, when you uh, imbibe it and you believe it. It, it works in you. And so this is something that God has given to us, His, His, His Word. Now this, uh, text tonight, this is just gonna be, uh, John 14, and, um, we'll probably go through the first three verses, but this is, I've been thinking about this and pondering this for many years, but, um, I hear recently, I, I've revisited it, and, um, it just, Brother Given couldn't be here, he's not sick. For those on live stream, he's not ill. He's um, the mechanical device, the lift that brings him up the stairs was broke, and he can't get up here. So we we um, pray for Brother Given that he'll he'll um, you know this is difficult for Brother Given because he, he can't be here. Now some people could just say, well, oh, oh well, I can't go, but not Brother Given. <laughs> this is actually hard for him. So I, I pray that the Lord will bless him right where he's at and um, give him. A lot of he's brother Givens a worker, so I mean if he can't be here, but believe me, he's working for the Lord. <laughs> anyway, this is what it says: Let not your hearts be troubled. Now this is this has got something that we have to do. This is a this is Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples specifically, but they were one of his disciples, right? In other words, it you're going to find in life. That your, the one, some, one of your greatest temptations in trouble will be to be troubled. <laughs> right? There's trouble all around you. And so you, you, you think, well, is this trouble I should, don't, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe me, if you, if you don't let it, it will be, right? We're in this body, and this body, although, um, it's soon going to pass away. It hasn't yet, and we got to drag it around with us. And now we can use it for the Lord. But see here, specifically, Jesus is about to go away, right? So he's going to start speaking, actually, from this chapter on. He's going to start leaving hints that he's going away. He's going away. Chapter 16, he, he, he comes right out and he says, And ye now therefore... Have sorrow. Why? Why did they have sorrow? Because Jesus was talking about going away. They didn't want him to go away. They loved him. They spent three years with him and he started talking about going away. What does this mean? See, they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. They loved him and they didn't, they didn't even want to entertain the thought that he was going to go away. What was happening? Their hearts were being troubled. Jesus, um, he knows all things and look at how, how gently our Savior prepares them for Him going away. They were going to have to deal with this. He was going to die on a cross. And at the time, it wasn't apparent what was going on to them. They didn't have all wisdom and all knowledge. They knew they loved Him. And here, all of a sudden, they're separated. But see, they had this to go on. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me now. Our souls have the capacity to be brought low in despair. They do. Now, we could try to fool ourselves and think we can always live on top of a mountain, but that's not the way life is, is it? Sometimes we find ourselves in the valley of despair 
and you think, well, that won't happen to me. Well, you just live long enough, you'll find out. You'll be sad about something sad. But see, Jesus has given us of His Spirit. So see, in, in, in the Spirit, we can, we can go through a lot of trouble in the Spirit. As we focus on Christ, we can go through, we can actually go through trouble that you wouldn't even imagine you could go through. But see, does that mean that you, you're never sad? You're never discomforted? No, it doesn't mean that. This is what David says, Psalm 42 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why? You see, now, D David knew, the psalmist knew, God's our refuge. He's our play, hiding place, right? He's our culvert from the storm. But that doesn't stop the perils of life, the situations, just the fact that we're here doesn't stop it from trying to beat us down. So in other words, we have an enemy that's trying his best to get us to be filled with despair. And, and the psalmist says, why? I have such a great God in heaven. He's given us all these great things. Why would I want to be in despair? Well, we don't want it, do we? This isn't something we seek out. Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. See, now that really is a remedy. And we're going to see that Jesus directs the minds of the apostles to think more like he thinks. Now, later Jesus would speak these words to his disciples. He says, and now therefore you have sorrow, but I will see you again. See, Jesus knew what was going on. He knew he was going to rise from the dead. He actually told them a couple times he's going to rise Right, but they didn't yet have the Holy Spirit. They, in other words, they weren't able to put it together in their minds and in their hearts. They believed what Jesus said, but be, after the Spirit came, they they weren't wondering anymore. They they were on track then. See, they had the Holy Spirit and they were able to navigate through trouble. And they didn't. You see the things that they had to go through. They didn't let their hearts be troubled, did they? Because Jesus had ministered to them. You'll see me again, and your heart shall rejoice. And your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that whatsoever you ask in my Father's name, He will give you. What a wonderful thing. He, Jesus just gives that to them. Now, if you find yourself in a time of trouble, see, we're living on this side of the cross. They were living on the other side. This verse didn't mean a whole lot to them until... After the Holy Spirit came, now all of a sudden they could see. See, they could, they had an intercessor in heaven and they could go to him. They could let their request be made known and they could have confidence that Jesus would do the right thing. Jesus would actually guide them into all things. Now Jesus is exhorting them, what we're reading today is, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus is teaching his disciples. Now see, Jesus here he is. He was the Word in heaven, right? He was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He came down. Jesus had to go come a long way down to be born of a woman. He, he, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And yet, he never lost sight of why he came, who he was. Our hearts will be delivered from fretting. 
You ever caught yourself in the middle of fretting about something? Thinking you're actually overthinking it. You're asked what's happening. If you sit there and you think, well, why is all this trouble coming on me? Why, why you're fretting? Well, don't, don't fret. We've been delivered from it. We don't have to because we have a savior. In other words, if we, while in the middle of fretting, you think, wait a minute. He says, let your requests be made known. So you take whatever it is and you take it to the Lord. He has an answer for it. We may not be able to figure it out on the fly, but we know one thing. We have a Savior in heaven who is capable of all things. He's the only person that I know of that never sinned. Never. This is our Savior. Our hearts are delivered from fretting as we set our focus on Him. See, we don't have... What can they do? I used to have a drill sergeant that told me, the worst they can do is kill your body. That's all they can do. Well, see, if you see it like that, you, you won't be afraid of men. Well, we're not called to be afraid of men. Well, we, there's, there's one that we ought to fear, right? Who can cast the soul and the body into hell. Him, you fear him. But we don't fear men. Not if you have the right perspective. You see who Christ is? He is our great high priest. And he's at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's administering the kingdom. So he's given us of a spirit so we know where to go when trouble comes. And, and trouble will come. Jesus is teaching his disciples that they can depend on his words. Now, this is very important. Because see, Jesus, as the word, right? He came here. He didn't like stop being the Word. It was the Word manifested in the flesh. And while He was here, He said, the words I speak to you, they're not mine. They're His Father gave Him the words and He was faithful to speak the words. Jesus never spoke anything of just of Himself. In fact, He said, that's I don't. He doesn't speak just about Him. He speaks the words that the Father gave Him. You know, I I used to think that this was true. I used to think, well, you can't ever, almost you can't ever just like be a person. You can't. If you do, you're, you're a sinner. That's not what sin is. Jesus isn't saying that if you're troubled, all of a sudden you're, you're sinning because you're in trouble. That's not what happens. Jesus actually was troubled, right? That's what it says. Now, this is Jesus talking. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause I came unto the, this, this hour. Jesus was sent to die for the sins of the world. Now, I don't think that you can be in any more trouble. See, Jesus, the trouble for Jesus wasn't what men was going to do to him. It was what God was going to do to him. God was going to lay the iniquity of us all on him. And he, in that moment, he, he said his soul was greatly troubled. Why? Because he had to do this? No, because he was going to be separated from his father. And he didn't want to be separated from his father. And his soul was troubled. Well, did this stop Jesus from going to the cross? No. It didn't. See, even though he was troubled, he knew the purpose of God was being fulfilled. And in that, well, you see what he did? He sweated as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He was in the, he was in agony. And he didn't give in to the trouble. He pressed through it. It was there. It was real. 
just like some of the trouble we have to experience is real trouble. It's really there. But we have an advocate that can, he could in a moment take it away. He has for me many times. Just took it away. But sometimes I had to actually walk through it and maintain faith during doing it. So see, it's not a sin to be troubled, but we got to be very cautious how we say that because in the middle of trouble, if you're not careful, it will do the work that Satan has sent it to do, distract you. Because the moment you take, Peter can tell you this, the moment you take your eyes off of Jesus, you start to sink, don't you? You don't have see, the, 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 the thing is, is that we in and of ourselves don't have any power. Jesus has all power in heaven and in earth. And as we walk with him, he'll, see, he'll enable us to trust him. That's our power. Trust him. Rely on him. Go to him. Bear our hearts out to him. He's the one that has the power. And as he lives in you, then it's Christ doing the work. Just like, remember when Jesus was here, it was God in him. Doing the work. And he even said, it's, he's doing the work. Jesus was faithful to follow his father. Now, later Paul would write this in Hebrews. Who in the days of his flesh, now just think about this, this is, this is a man who had never sinned and he still had to go through this experience. When he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, was heard and that he feared. Jesus, while he was here in the days of feared, we're talking about fearing God. See, there's a holy and righteous fear of God that has to be maintained. And if you have it, in other words, if you have respect for God in the middle of trouble, he will rescue you. He will. Now, we have this example. He was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things he suffered. So see us, if we try to get out of every bit of suffering, there's a problem. If we don't suffer with him, we won't reign with him. That's what he said. Why? Because see, it's it, during suffering, some things that are in us that can't get into heaven, God's going to work them out. They're going to actually be, we'll see the need to drop off some things as we suffer with Christ. As we live, see, you can't live for Christ and not experience some kind of suffering. I praise God that He gives us the ability to endure it. See, He sent Jesus. He was our example. He's, he suffered the greatest suffering, and yet look at this glory that the Father has given him. And being made perfect, how many of us tonight want to be made perfect? Amen. See, the things that are in us, we we can sense some of the things. We can maybe not be able to put our finger on it, but we can sense there's some things in us that are prohibiting our growth. Jesus is faithful. He's God's faithful to lead us out of those things, reveal them to us so we can crucify him. Being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation. Unto who? All them. I know this is a hard one for our generation. All them that obey him. Jesus has to be obeyed, doesn't he? 
Well, you know, we find that our greatest joy, you walk close to the Lord and He gives you something. He reveals something to your heart. See, your greatest joy then is to do it. To just do what the Savior says. Jesus overcame because He had His heart set towards doing God's will. That was where His heart was. So, so you know, the enemy came. We know this. He was tempted in the desert. The enemy came, and his, the enemy came to destroy him. The enemy wasn't interested in just, you know, like having a little discourse with him, like just talking. He wanted to take Jesus down, just like he wants to take anyone who Jesus is living in now. That's why the devil's interested in you. It's not really because of you. It's because Jesus is in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. And so the resistor, the devil, comes in. He tries his best, but we'll find that we can overcome the same way Jesus overcame. See, isn't that good? We could witness what Jesus did when he was in trouble, and we can learn from that. It says this, Hebrews 12, 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now, if Jesus can endure the cross because of what God promised he would do, well, then so can we. Do we all have crosses to bear? In other words, there are some things that if you do them, you'll have to give up bearing the cross to do them. It's just the truth. Say, well, I can do that and God will be okay with it. Well, we live in a generation that has misinterpreted the scriptures. They've misinterpreted what cross bearing is. Jesus pioneered a new and a living way. Not a whatsoever you want to do way. It's like, well, what, what, what? God loves you just the way you are. Well, if that's true, then Jesus died for nothing. If God could love me just the way I was, you see, this is faulty theology. Jesus pioneered a new and a living way, and all those who set their affection on things above, not on things of the earth, see, they'll be able to make the right choices. You can't love the world and then give it up. You just can't. Man, is, is he goes for whatever he loves, whatever moves him, whatever he desires. So what did Jesus do? He came, took away sin. The Holy Spirit comes to you. You've been baptized into his death in order that you might rise up to live with him in heavenly places. Now, you can't do that just on impulse. You can't say, okay, now, I'm out in the world, I can do what I want. Cause, you know, but then as soon as I come into church, I'm not saying that anyone here is doing, it. I'm saying the devil is asking people to do it. He's suggesting that it's okay. Well, the question really isn't, is it okay? Is can you have a relationship with God in that environment? And that kind of, it, it's not possible. This is what Jesus said. See, he's, he's, Jesus is giving us his disciples things that are going to enable them or equip them when he rises from the dead, when he ascends into heaven, the Holy Spirit comes and they'll be able to make these associations. The teaching of Jesus to these disciples at the time, they may not have understood or even remembered everything, but the Holy Spirit's going to call them up to their remembrance, just like he does with us, right? He says, 
He sets forth something that cannot change. This is absolutely cannot be altered by any human on this or the devil. In my father's house are many mansions. Now, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, this is good news. <laughs> this is good news. You know the hope that you that he's put before you. One of these days, we're going to enter into a realm that can never ever vanish away. Never. Now that's and that's stability. You know, people in this world they want stability. There is no greater stability than to be in Christ. This is your greatest stability. My father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus is not a liar. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, doesn't that sound just like our Savior? Doesn't that sound like like the heart of the one that you've given your life for? You've laid down your life in order that you might obtain a better one, a more enduring substance. And he says it's it, it's there with God. Jesus knows that he knows what his father's house is like because that's the one he left. Remember, he laid aside the prerogatives of glory. He came down into this world. What a shock. He was with God. He was God. But he became a man. Well, I don't think that we're, while we're here, we're going to ever fathom the depth of what that really means. That he laid aside. It would be it for us. But anyway, he's talking about something that he knows about. He knows. He's, he's been there, right? He knows there. Jesus knows because it's the place he left in order to save us. And he says in, in Hebrews 13, 4, it says, For here we have no continuing city, but because he came down, we seek one to come. See, Jesus came and he, he illumined, he's given us an illumination. We can understand that one of these days Jesus is coming back. Now, if this gets lost in modern theology, then what, what do you hold out for people? If it's not the return of Christ, what are we just doing this so we can be good people? That's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not enough. It's not enough just to say, if you're really good, then on Friday we'll give you a candy bar. That's not going to work. When you, when people stop talking about the return of Christ because, well, you know, it could scare people. Well, it ought to scare people. Jesus is going to show up. And when He does, if you're not in Christ, you're not in Christ forever. If you are in Christ, then you're going to be delivered into this place He's talking about. There's a place that God has reserved for His people. It's His house. (laughs) See, technically, God's people are His house. He uses this language because it helps, it helps form our understanding. He says, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. Well, what's he talking about? Well, mansions, if you look it up, you don't get much help. It's a residence, an abode, or a mansion. Well, that's good. He's talking about the people of God, what he's talking about. He's talking about them, who they really are. Right now, we have this container. This is our house. We're going to have a house that's from heaven, right? An eternal abode. Oh, Jesus is not talking about empty houses that maybe someday will be inhabited. No, he's talking about houses that are already inhabited. They're in heavenly places, and God's the one that has has made them. 
Jesus is bringing many sons to glory, just like His Father sent Him to do. But see, all together, you put them all together, and it's God's house. Praise God when one day when He actually can dwell with them. Not separated by an angel. Not separated by, by just a mere, His mere word. When God Himself... Well, now see, this is... If you're ready, if God's bringing you to glory on that moment, see... Well, you won't be thinking about this world, that's for sure. See, you will have clean escaped this world, and you'll never again have to be separated. The words of Jesus always excite faith. Every single word that Jesus said, if a person's serious, it will excite their faith. To what? To believe it. To trust in it. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. I'm not lying to you. See, if... (laughs) Why? Because it excites faith. You'll give up everything if you're for sure I'm going to be with God's. You'll give it up. See, Jesus is holding out the greatest incentive that's ever been held out to be with Him in glory forever. And what does He ask us? Deny ungodliness and worldly lust. In other words, crucify the flesh. We're not home yet, are we? We have an enemy in the house right now. And that enemy is the old man. He's corrupt according to the deceitful lust. He will do everything he can do to get us to turn away from Christ. That's really the bottom line. The old man is corrupt. It can't be converted. can't be redesigned. It's corrupt. Hates God. But see, God's given us in Christ a new man. And he's holy and righteous. And he longs for that city. God's prepared a city for us, brother. It's a city and we're going to live there. It doesn't get any better than this. It just doesn't. Now, Daniel was given dreams and visions. Brother, we've been given a lot more than dreams and visions. We are living in the reality of the new man. Right now, we have fellowship with God in the Spirit. We have no confidence in this flesh. None. We don't depend on this. We depend on God. Now see, that's faith in its forward posture. You're believing in God. In other words, faith is saving you as you trust in the one who can save you. Daniel was given this. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom. Praise God for that. One of these days, when this world vanishes away, we're going to see the kingdom of heaven. And see, we're being right now, we're being fitted for glory. We're being made ready to inhabit whatever part of glory that God has fitting us into. He knows where He's going to put us. So He's the one doing the fitting. Another place in Daniel 7.22, it says, Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. I'm telling you, right now, you're being, see, what part of the kingdom are we possessing right now? We're possessing part of the kingdom right now. But it's right here, right now. You're possessing your vessel either with honor or with dishonor, right? He's given you a reign. Right now, it's over this body. And as we give ourselves to that work to crucify the flesh, 
and to walk in the Spirit and do His will, we're being made ready for whatever part of that kingdom He's going to insert us into. Isn't that a marvelous thought? Well, Jesus has not left us as orphans, has He? He hasn't just told us these words and then withdrew Himself, which some religion does teach us. He just withdrawn Himself, and now as religion just works in people, and it just... That wouldn't work, would it? That wouldn't work anyway. No, Jesus is a very present help. He's right there with you. The Holy Spirit is is bringing us into the fellowship of God's dear Son. (laughs) That doesn't get any better. This word is conforming us into the image of Jesus. Now... He said, if I go and prepare a place for you... Now, brethren, I don't think we have to labor this point. I think we all know he's gone, right? He's not here. He's not here bodily right now. He's not. Why? Because he's there. He's there. He's reigning in glory already. And what is he doing up there? Well, he's our great high priest. He's bringing many sons to glory. That's why you have this, this Holy Spirit living Because Jesus... He gave it. He's the one that sent it into your hearts. He's gone away. And because He's gone away, now this is our evidence. This is a testimony. Jesus is not here. He's in glory. He says, if I go away, I will come again. Now how do we, how can we be sure that He's coming again? Because He went away. Jesus doesn't lie. He said, if I go away, I'll come again. Now that's pretty direct, isn't it? That's pretty straightforward. I think everybody, even, even men would understand that. Just mere men. If I say I'm going to go away, if I do, I'll come back. They kind of expect you to come back. People say, I'm going out for lunch. I'll be right back. Don't you kind of expect that at 1 o'clock they're going to come back? And if they don't, you start wondering, what happened? Jesus is going to come back. He didn't say, I'm going to come back in the year 2110. Well, I know people, they think they would like that. They think, well, if He just told us when, then we could be ready. No, you wouldn't be ready. You live right up to the moment, then for yourself. See, God's done everything right. He's done everything well. Amen. The fact has been confirmed in Scripture in Mark sixteen nineteen. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, He was received up into heaven. So we don't have to wonder about it. He's testified of it. The apostles witnessed Him being carried. He went up. Into a cloud. And then two angels said, what are you doing? Gazing up into the heavens. What are you going to get done? Just standing there gazing up? See, the thing is, he said he was going to go into the, go away, and he did go away. And and because of that, we can trust he's going to come back. (laughs) Well, see now, really, when you believe that, it will move you to live godly. It will, because, you know, Several times in the Gospels, he talks about in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, right? Just any time the Lord could just come. Well, that's for me, that's very exciting. Because, see, it, it, what does that do? That motivates you to give every moment to Him. Be ready. When we believe the words of Jesus. Really, we're not looking for evidence. We're looking... To, to, to serve Him. To, to, to give yourself to Him. 
It's not like I'm saying, well, if I can find, maybe there's a loophole. Hold on a minute. There maybe there's a loophole. That's not what the what the Spirit leads us to do. It's to believe. Jesus is coming back. And when He comes back, Second uh, Thessalonians says, when He shall come to be glorified in His saints. So if Jesus is going to come back, we're going to be caught up together, right? In the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We're going to be glorified together. Wow. That is a... I will say that's something worth dying for. It is. Paul ministered comfort to those who had been taught improperly. You know, this isn't hasn't stopped. We don't... It, at the time that the apostle was out there, it, the, the, the assault had already started. People were teaching one another things that weren't really true. But see... Uh, this is what he says, First Thessalonians 4.13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now, he's not talking about people asleep at home in the bed. He's talking about people that had died. That, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. <laughs> when Jesus comes back, he's bringing every single person See, it says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, brethren, I'm not looking forward to laying down this corpse here just so I can lay in a grave somewhere. I want to be with Jesus. And I'm resting all my hope on what the Scripture says that as soon as I'm absent from this body, I will be present with the Lord. Now, what advantage could that be? Well, I think if you have to ask that, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. If I'm going to be present with the Lord, I'm not going to be worried or concerned about what's going on down here anymore. I'm not going to be tempted anymore. I'm not going to have to, to put on the armor anymore. I'll be 100% safe in the bosom of Christ. I can't get any better than that, brethren. Amen. Jesus is not coming back to raise the souls of men. This is a this is being taught in our time, but it's just not true. He's coming back to raise their body, <laughs> and he's bringing the people with him, and they're gonna move in to their house, which is from God. This is worth living for. It's worth dying for. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body. We're absent from the Lord. Now, this is Paul talking. He realized, while I'm here in this body, there's a degree of absentee from God. I don't see Him face to face, do I? I see Him through a glass darkly. I walk in the Spirit. I have no confidence in the flesh. But there's still this division. I don't see Him as clear as we are going to see Him. When we move into our long home, we'll never have to leave again. See, so see, Paul's looking at this in, in a way that it isn't that we're discontent. It's just that we long to be with him 100% and have no distractions. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. Now, I'm laboring this a little bit because, see, this is important that we know what's going to happen when we die. It, I think it's extremely important because, see, what he's, what he's saying is that as soon as we leave this body, we're going to be present with the Lord. Now, when you believe that, it works something in you. 
In other words, what a, what a blessing. Who would, who would give that up for some kind of temporal pleasure? Some kind of something that would try to get in the way of that blessing? Well, I will come again. Here's what Jesus said. I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Now, we know, this is 2 Corinthians 5, we know. Isn't that that good language? The apostle's telling us something that because you're walking in the Spirit, because you're one with Christ, what he's going to tell you, you already know inside of you, deep inside of you. But he's going to tell it to you anyway. We know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. (laughs) Isn't that good? See, you have an eternal house. And because of that, well, let's just not be drawn away by anything that would take away from us anticipating that. What power that is when you, when you know what, what, where you're going and you know who you're in and you know the power that he, that he's put inside of you to say no to sin and yes to God. Well, then let's not let anything get in the way of that. That's basically what he's saying. For in this we groan. We in groan. Waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Now that groaning isn't something you can fabricate. This is something that happens when you believe what God has said about this and it it causes you to earnestly desire it, to groan. It doesn't cause you to moan. It causes you to groan. You want it so bad that um, you'll give up anything that gets in the way. And that's really the point. Jesus said, if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again, that where I am, there you may be also. Is that enough? I say yes, that's enough. That's enough. What Jesus doesn't lie. And he's put that, laid that before us. We want, we want, earnestly desire for this to happen. And praise God, one of these days, the sky's going to split open and that's going to be it. Now, if we're alive and remain then we'll get to see the dead, the, the bodies of, of believers come. All, all the bodies are coming up, aren't they? Though everyone's going to get a body like in his glorious body. The whole, everyone. Question is, is are you ready to inhabit a body that's holy and righteous? Because I can't even fathom the thought of a person that's not right with God being put into a body that can't express sin. That's almost scary. Who never all eternity want to do evil but can't do it. But see, the saints are not so. The saints are going to have a body that's 100% compatible with their desire. And they will please God in that body for all the ages to come. Praise God.